what is going on everybody how is everybody doing today welcome back here today to the 25th installment of the just ballin podcast my name is matthew geist and today we are going to be finishing off our player positional rankings here and we're going to be ranking our top 30 centers in the nba into five tiers so we have done point guards we've done shooting guards we've done small forwards we have done power forwards and today we are here wrapping out the starting or just the nba positions with centers so the next installment or the next just ball on podcast episode episode 26 will be my overall top 30 players but today we are doing top 30 centers and if you guys are enjoying these just try to reach out and let me know uh either if you're on apple pod you could write a review and i really appreciate that if you're on youtube you can leave a comment that's probably the easiest way and then on spotify you really can't do much so maybe just hit me up on twitter uh twitter.com slash matthew and uh guys g-e-i-s-t is my twitter so yeah without further ado we can get into this actually i guess before we can talk about this um maybe i could talk about a little bit about the last dance um michael jordan documentary or just that chicago bulls documentary that just got released on sunday uh the 19th i watched the first two episodes and it's really good so far uh you're learning a lot about jerry Krauss and kind of who he was as a gm and how important maybe for good reasons and for bad reasons um just to that team he was and how much he was around obviously phil jackson remember how like good of a coach he was before he kind of hurt his image when he went to the knicks you have michael jordan scotty pippen um i know episode three is going to be about dennis rodman which is going to be super interesting apparently Tracy mcgrady came out um and said that the bulls tried to trade uh scotty pippen for him during the 97 draft imagine t-mac and jordan that would have been something else. And yeah, it's really good so far. And I definitely recommend watching it. I don't know if they're releasing it on Netflix, but I'm sure maybe ESPN like Rewind, you can watch it or on their site, they can, um, they'll probably have it on there. Um, but yeah, I think it's definitely been good so far. Obviously, it's like the mainstream thing right now. So you might want to wait a little bit um, or you can just go with the crowd right now and watch it. I honestly wasn't going to watch it. And then I was going to watch it. Like I usually watch these after they come out and over time. And I try to like not be in the moment with everybody else because I don't want to like when I'm on Twitter, during these i like it's cool seeing other people's opinions but i also don't want that to reflect what i think so i kind of wait till it all dies down and then i watch it but you know what it was really hyped up i watched it with my dad and my mom and it was really cool to watch so i definitely recommend it and i think i believe they're going to be doing two episodes a week every sunday for the next five weeks so obviously 10 episodes and yeah definitely recommend it it was pretty good so far so let's get into our top 30 centers it was really hard coming up with my tier one so my tier one had two guys you could probably guess who the two were it was a 1a 1b scenario and it is 1a joel Embiid, 1b nikola Jokic. obviously these two players have been compared and just ranked up against each other for the last two years now who's the best center in the nba is it joel Embiid? is it nikola Jokic? uh Embiid has never made it past the eastern conference semifinals he's also the celtics he's also the raptors and the Nuggets, they've also never been to the conference finals. They've also the Blazers. And then the year prior, they didn't even make the playoffs. They just missed out. And obviously, that's when the Timberwolves got it. And that happened on like the last game of the season. So neither one of them have really won. Um, I would say kind of overall success. I guess I would give it a little bit to the... I mean, I don't know, because the Nuggets were around the one and two seed last year. The Sixers have been good for the last three years. Um, but no, none of these players have really shown that they can lead a team to a conference finals, at least. And it hasn't happened yet. 
Uh, Joel Embiid is definitely the better defender out of the two. He's probably the better post player, um, and he's probably the better inside scorer. He's been averaging around 25 and 10 for the last two years. He hasn't really been that good of a shooter, but like I said, he's a good post player. He's an incredible rim protector. He's an incredible defensive player. He's been up there in defensive player of the year voting, um, where he's at least gotten some recognition there this year. In the beginning of the year, he was fantastic on that side of the ball, and he's gotten better over time. He's still a solid ball handler for somebody that is, what, seven foot, seven one. Um, I don't, I think over time though, he's kind of realized he's not a good three point shooter and he should not be taking those threes. His pump fix still, people still bite on that, but he definitely has his flaws. He definitely does, but he has a lot more, uh, strengths than weaknesses, uh, at least for Joel Embiid. And then for Nikola Jokic, the dude is just one of the more entertaining players to watch in the NBA. And he's one of the more just versatile players on offense. He's the best passing big man in the game right now and possibly of all time. He's just incredible. His court vision for somebody that tall. He's a very smart player and I think that helps him out on the defensive end because I think he knows he's not the quickest player, the most versatile player on the defensive end. And he's not, he doesn't have the best uh, wingspan or uh, standing reach or vertical, I should say. But he's smart. He knows to get around it or... Uh, he knows how to just kind of move his switches, just kind of trying to be that quarterback of that defense. He's not like, I would say, obviously he's not as good as a defender as Embiid, but on offense, he's a better shooter. He's probably an overall better offensive playmaker, and they're really both hard to compare. I want to wait till at least one of them kind of goes to a conference finals or one of them really has that true MVP season. Then we can kind of say, okay, that guy's the definitive, undisputed best center in the NBA, but we really haven't seen that yet. So I'm not going to make that decision yet, and I think that's perfectly fine leaving a 1A and 1B. You guys can definitely let me know who you think is the best center in the NBA. I think it I think it is fair that both these guys are the only two guys in tier one. So yeah, 1A Embiid or 1A Jokic, 1B Embiid or Jokic. So that is my tier one, just those two guys. And I also had Joel Embiid as my preseason MVP pick. I thought if he played 70 games, averaged 25 and 11, Sixers were a one or a two seed. He maybe had a shot. Didn't work out um, all that well for that. He got hurt. They, they are, I think, the sixth seed at this current moment. So my tier two has three guys going into this year. It had two, and we've added a guy. So number three is Carl Anthony Towns. He probably yeah he was playing like an all-star in the beginning of the year and then his team just wasn't good there was the whole there was the whole thing that cat hasn't won a game since like thanksgiving and we were in like march or in february and the timberwolves he did miss some time which sucks but he's just like he he's probably the best shooting big man on this list I'm like going through my list right now, and I I don't think there's a better shooter in the NBA than Carl Anthony Towns right now, at least from three-point range as a big man, as a center. He's just incredible on the offensive end. He could score in the post. He could score from three. He could score off the dribble. He could score in the pick and roll. He's just phenomenal. He's a good ball handler. The dude is seven foot tall, and he's just a versatile freak on the offensive end. He, he could just score in so many different ways, and he's an efficient scorer as well. He's a smart offensive player. And that's why he's so high, because his defense isn't very good. His rim protection, not very good as well. And he's very slow, and sometimes he doesn't really try, you think. And I don't know if it's just him playing in Minnesota, or maybe he didn't like playing with Wiggins. Maybe we'll see a good cat next year, and I think that will kind of catapult him from being like a good to borderline elite player in the NBA to like, all right, this guy's a top 10 definitive player in the NBA. We haven't really seen that jump yet from Cat. Obviously, we need to see Minnesota make the playoffs. They did make it last year or technically two years ago. And that was the Jimmy Butler team where they ended up just losing to, I believe, Houston in round one. But I want to see a little bit more from Cat. So he's number three. If he wants to get in that tier one, like I said, I need to see him on a consistent good team. Maybe we'll see Minnesota play some playoff basketball in 2021. So my number, he's my number three center. My number four is Rudy Gobert. Two-time uh, Defensive Player of the Year. He might win it again this year. And if he gets it this year, that'll be three in a row, which I don't know if that's ever been done before. I'm sure if maybe like Bill Russell or Chamberlain got it. Someone crazy like that. Uh, but yeah, he's 
arguably the best defensive center in the NBA. He's the best shot blocking, rim protecting co probably combo. He's just so good on the defensive end. And obviously on offense, he's limited. He's not a scorer. He's not a playmaker. He's not a shot creator. Obviously, he can do the pick and rolls. He's a good role man. He's good around the basket. Al Ubes getting offensive rebounds, putting them back. That's basically what he's there. Gets to the foul line. He doesn't shoot. I mean, he does shoot 62% from the line, which isn't great. Uh, and obviously maybe just his offensive limitations is what's holding him back from being in the tier one category but if he's going to win defensive player of the year this year which there is a chance he might because i don't see the voters really giving Giannis both mvp and defensive player of the year and then maybe he might get it out over anthony davis so there's a chance gobert could be a three-time defensive player of the year and has won that award three straight times which is kind of crazy so here's my Number four center. He was a first-time All-Star this year, so shout-out to Rudy Gobert. I'm sure he'll be first or second All-Defensive team this year. And then my new center addition um, into the Tier 2 category is Bam Adebayo. So Bam Adebayo is definitely going to get some most improved player love this year, and he will probably get at least top three, I think, votes on that ballot behind my opinion, Ingram and Tatum, maybe Devontae Graham could get some over him, but he really showed out this year. He started all 65 games he played in. He averaged 16 points over a steal a night, over a block a night. What I love is we saw five assists a night as well. Ten and a half rebounds. He brought the ball up sometimes. He's a fantastic ball handler. He's a great defender. Obviously, his offensive uh, talent, kind of like Gobert, it's, it's, it's really limited. It's not like he's going to be a shot creator, three-point shooter, pick-and-pop guy running off screens. No, but he's going to be a guy that's a good role man. He can get inside. He can score in the post, score if that's been moved with the left-handed or I should say right-handed hook shot. And he's just a really good player and he's 21 years old. He's 22 years old, and he's just going to be getting better and better, and he's playing in a great system. You love to see the coaching staff that he's going to be around. He's got good veterans like Jimmy Butler around him, and I think he's just going to keep getting better and better. He's number five right now. He could be number four or three next year. Maybe, who knows, if he gets a three-point shot next year, he could be in tier one, and he's been on a good team already. Uh, the Heat obviously didn't make the playoffs last year. And this year, they're, they're a playoff team. And they surprised a lot of people. I believe they're going to be the fourth seed if the season ended. I think behind Milwaukee, Toronto, and Boston um, at this current moment. Um, and if we see the playoffs, they'll go up against Indiana in round one. I think if Indiana's the five seed. If not, then Philly, they're the five seed. But yeah, Bam creeps in here. It doesn't creep in. He jumps in here to tier two where he's my fifth center. So overall, we got 1A Embiid, 1B Jokic. That's my tier one. My tier two is three Carl Anthony Towns, four Rudy Gobert. And five, bam, out of bio. So in my tier three, we have eight players, six through 13. Okay, yeah, so we have a busy tier here in tier three. So number six is somebody that has been good for a while, and he was mainly a power forward in the first probably half for three quarters of his career. And now he's been a center for the Spurs for the last couple of years, and you could probably guess it. It is LaMarcus Aldridge. So LaMarcus Aldridge, 34 years old, and he's always been a really consistent offensive scorer for the last. 12 years basically almost every year of his career but his rookie year he's averaged over 17 points a night and he has just been super consistent he shoots around 49 50 percent from twos and this year which we love to see finally started taking threes around christmas and he actually was pretty good at it go figure he shot about 39 percent from three on three attempts a night that's really solid. Obviously, his defense is diminished. He's really a non-factor on that side of the ball. He's slower. He's just not as vertical. He's not a good shot blocker. 
And it's kind of dwindling. I mean, actually, I probably shouldn't say he's not a bad shot blocker. He's probably still better than average, but it's gotten worse, I would say, over the years. But his offense is still super consistent. And what he's been over the last 12 years, I got to still give him some love. And he is going to come in at number six. But after next year, I could expect him dropping maybe to the end of this tier. Maybe in tier four if we see a huge drop off, but he's going to come in at number six. Coming in at number seven is Nikola Vucevic of the Orlando Magic. He was a first-time All-Star in the 2018-19 season. Then he got that big extension from the Orlando Magic, and he. I don't think. I think this is about what we're going to see from him. He's going to average around 16 to 19 points a game. He's going to be an above-average shooter from long range, especially for a center. He's not going to be a crazy good defensive player, but he's you know he's going to be agile on there. He's not going to be a strong defensive center where he's going to be blocking shots crazy, but you know he's going to be a guy that can just go in, be an okay rim protector, be a seven-foot guy around the rim that you can kind of trust her if he's 6'11". Maybe I think he is actually 6'11", but he's just an offensive playmaker, and that's why I kind of have him high. Um, I don't think his defense is as bad as some of these players below him are on offense so that's kind of why i have him as high as seven maybe you if you want to jump them down that's fine but like i say in all these if they're in the same tier they're interchangeable so all eight guys in this tier you could have somebody i have at 13 and six you could have lamarcus aldridge who is six at 13 you could change them however you want and i'd be okay with that so coming in at number eight might be my most controversial pick here and that is brooke lopez so over the last two years brooke lopez has been arguably a top five rim protector in the nba the uh the bucks i almost just said the nuggets for some reason are on pace or if the season technically ended i think they would have had the greatest defensive rating of all time or it's up there top five and it's mainly due to brooke lopez he's probably the second most important defensive player on that team behind Giannis Antetokounmpo. His three-point shooting has dropped from last year's crazy season where he did shoot 37% from three on six attempts. He shot 30% from three this year on about five attempts, which isn't great, but you know what? His rebounding still isn't good. He's a okay passer. He's nothing great, but his shot blocking has just gotten so much better over the last two years. For the second straight year, he's going to average over two blocks a game. He's just quick there. He's agile for somebody his size being as that quarterback or middle linebacker of the defense and that's why i have him at eight because i think his defense is just so good right now or it's just gotten so much better maybe it's the role or the system he's in uh in mike budenholzer's defense or that buck schematic just kind of the way they play i have him in at eight and you might have him lower but i definitely think he deserves to be in tier three and I have him in at eight. So coming in at number nine is somebody that definitely took a step back this season, and that is Miles Turner. So Turner got a contract extension in the beginning of 2018. He hasn't really lived up to it, but you know what? Just maybe with guys like Brogdon being there, Sabonis kind of uh, blowing up a little bit this year, and then obviously you have Old Depot, TJ Warren, that are obviously going to get more touches than him on offense. He's going to kind of fall out of the spotlight there, but he does other things so well. He's a great shot blocker. He's probably top five in the league at that specific category. And he's a solid three-point shooter. This year, he wasn't great. He did shoot around 34% from three on three uh, on four attempts a night. And honestly, if you think about that for a center, that's actually pretty good. So um, I would definitely take that out of my center. He did shoot 39% from three the year prior and 36 the year prior from that and 35% the year prior from that. So he's a pretty good three-point shooter. His rebounding isn't great though. He's been around six five to seven rebounds uh throughout his career and when you watch him play he's not just kind of super vertical in that aspect but i think he's a really good offensive player um for what you would want from him i think I, i'll take his I'll take his spacing of the floor over him maybe not being as good of a rebounder or as much of a force inside if he could just spread out that defense. And then 
I think he's a really good rim protector. I think he's a great shot blocker. I think he's a really good defender. And he's going to come in at number nine. So these uh, three to these next four guys have probably been grouped into a similar category for most of their careers, or at least for the last couple of years. And coming in at number 10 is Steven Adams. It was really hard to have Adams at 10 and then the guy behind him. And I ended up going with Adams. But like I said, these are super interchangeable. And you're just splitting hairs at this point. Adams, crazy enough, he's only 26. He's going to turn 27 um, in a couple months. But yeah, I feel like he's a lot older than that. But pretty much for the last four years of his career, he's been averaging 10 plus points, around 10 rebounds, around two assists a night, about a steal a night, over a block a night. And he's just been, I think, a really consistent guy on both ends of the floor. Like a lot of other of these guys, um, like Rudy Gobert and Bam Adebayo, he's not going to be a guy that's going to space the floor for you and shoot threes or create his own shot off the dribble. He's going to be a guy that's going to be around the basket. He's going to get alley-oops. He's going to get uh, passes from when like they're quicker guards, like a Shea or a Paul or a Shooter. Uh, when the defense collapses on them, he gets open and he's going to get an easy dunk or a layup. He's going to get to the foul line. He does average around three free throw attempts a night. And I think he's a pretty good room protector. I think he's a good defender. I think he's a good shot blocker. I think he's actually a pretty good ball handler for somebody of his size. Uh, I think he's really good in the DHOs and he's going to come in at number 10 for me. And the guy that I wanted to compare him to, kind of like comparing Embiid to Jokic, is Clint Capella. So Clint Capella is going to be playing for a second team probably the start of next season obviously the start of next season because there'll be no more regular season this year and the hawks did not make the playoffs but clink Capella, like adams pretty good defender good shot blocker good around the rim catching alley-oops and then obviously when people drive like james harden and it will be in atlanta with trey young when the defense collapses on the whole play on those players he'll be open he'll get a dunk he'll get a layup he'll get an alley-oop or something like that i just want to see what he does in maybe a system that doesn't help him out too much in atlanta is he going to be as the as good as he was in Houston. And if he is, then he'll be a little bit higher on this list. He's going to come in at number 11. So we have two more guys here in tier three. So number 12 is DeAndre Aiden, and he is rising up on this list. He's number 12 this year. At the end of next year, he might be approaching tier two. Who knows? I do obviously want to see if he can be on a good team because you know what? I didn't really mention when Marcus Aldridge on the Spurs, not as good anymore. Vucevic on the Magic. Yeah, they're going to be a playoff team, but they're not really a good team. Brooke Lopez, that's why he is higher up than you may have him because he's a big part of a good team. Steven Adams on a good team for the like fifth straight year so he's coming in at number 10 capella was a big part of why the rockets were good and i would say a huge part but he was a big part and then deandre aiden he's coming in at number 12 we haven't seen him on a good team yet but this guy's 21 he'll be 22 at the start of next year's season former number one overall pick he did average about 19 and 12 this year and that is pretty good and i don't think these are empty numbers kind of like the guy behind him that i'll mention but i think he's gotten better at defense he's gotten better as a shot blocker obviously he kind of hurts him a little bit that we saw him suspended is that going to be a thing we got to worry about throughout his career and he did get hurt right when he got back off the suspension will we see maybe some injury history from him as during his rookie year he did miss i think a little bit of time with injury he played around 70 games in his rookie year but he's looking like that he's going to be a really good pick and roll player a dho guy somebody that's just like the other previous guys like adams and capella he can catch lobs he can catch um just balls when obviously like devin booker or just other guys kind of um collapse in defense um so i think he's going to be a better player next year and get better the year after that he's going to be 22 at the start of next year so i plan on him getting better and being higher than 12 and coming in at number 13 is andre drummond so drummond has been on some playoff teams for the pistons but really no good teams i don't think he's ever won a playoff series and i think his numbers are inflated due to just not many good rebounders on his team he's really getting all the rebounds it's not that impressive of a statistic and like some of these other guys they know their role they know what they're good at they know what they're bad at they limit what they're bad at and they kind of 
just go off on what they're good at. Drummond is a little bit of the opposite. He's a turnover machine. He wants to bring the ball up. He wants to dribble and act like he's a point center, but he's just simply not. And I think that hurts him a lot because he doesn't know his role. Yes, he's a pretty good player inside. He's actually a solid ball handler for a big man, but he thinks he's like Chris Paul and he's a good rebounder. He's not a horrible rim protector or shot blocker, but... I just think if he knew his role a little bit better and he was maybe we saw him with a better point guard at one point, he would be higher on this list, but he's going to come in at number 13 and that is going to wrap out tier three. So tier three was number six, Aldridge, seven, Nikola Vucevic, eight, Brooke Lopez, nine, Miles Turner, 10, Steven Adams, 11, Clint Capella, 12, DeAndre Aiden, and 13, Andre Drummond. So let's get into tier four here where I have about 11 dudes. So coming in at number 14 is another consistent vet and that is Serge Ibaka. Serge Ibaka will be a unrestricted free agent here in the 2020 offseason and he's going to get paid. I don't know if it's going to be by the Raptors or another uh, good team that's trying to contend and add kind of maybe a missing piece, but for the uh, majority of his career, he's been playing most of the games in his career for the last eight years. He's been averaging 10 plus points a game near around eight, nine rebounds over a block a game. Not this year, but in the previous years, we've seen how good of a shot blocker he is. And obviously he's kind of played a little bit of power forward this year, um, but he's been kind of transitioning mainly into his center after playing his first like eight years as a power forward in OKC, Orlando a little bit in his first couple years in Toronto, but he's just a consistent guy. He's gotten better as a three point shooter. He's probably had his like third best three point shooting season this year, uh, probably 2016, 17 with the magic. And then with the Raptors were his best or was his best, but this year he's shooting 40% on threes, um, and he's shooting about four a night, or th oh, just over three a night, excuse me. So he's got a better in that aspect, and he's a good two-way defender. He's not a super great offensive player, but he's a good one, and he's not a super elite defensive player, but he's a good one, and that's why he's going to start off tier four here at 14. Coming in at number 15 is Derek Favors of the New Orleans Pelicans. He was a super underrated player in Utah, and I think he has been still for the Pelicans. I think their defense has improved drastically once he returned from injury, and I think He's not a crazy good offensive player. He's a good rebounder. He's a solid passer for a center, but nothing crazy. He's good at scoring around the rim. He's not going to space the floor, but I think his defense is really good. I think he's a smart defensive player. I think he's a really good rim protector, and he's coming in at number 15. Number 16 is Jonas Valanciunas. He actually helped the Grizzlies to be pretty good this year, and they overachieved. He Like kind of the opposite of favors, he's a lot better of an offensive player than he is of a defensive player. I think he's really good inside. He's kind of like that Ennis Kanter type that he's just a really good scorer inside. He's not going to space the floor. He's not super athletic, but he knows his role. He knows what he's good at. He's smart, and I think that's why he's coming in at number 16. Coming in at number 17 is Wendell Carter Jr. It sucks that we have not seen him play a full season yet. He did get hurt last year in his rookie year only playing around 40 games um in that season and this year his season got cut short before obviously the season got suspended but i want to see him also in a better system because i think he's playing with good talent around him i like the fit with marketing i like having quicker guards like levine and kobe white with him i just need to see him with maybe a little bit better coaching or a team that just tries to want to win because i think the bulls are talented enough to make the playoffs i honestly think they might be more talented than the nets were this year um, when Kyrie wasn't playing or they're around the talent level of the orlando magic but it's just, I feel like they're disappointing or they were just kind of lackluster this year. Or the Wizards kind of, I think, might have ended with a better record than them. And if you look at their rosters, they're a lot better than the Wizards. So I think it's coaching mainly, but I think he's a pretty good rim protector. He's a little bit smaller, 6'9", as a center, but I don't think that's going to struggle um, or that's going to kind of hinder him in the NBA. He's coming in at number 17. He could be higher next year. I just want to see a full season from him. Coming in at number 18 is Marcus Saul. Now, Marcus Saul is probably going to be a lot lower next year. He is getting towards the end of his 
end of his career next year might be his last year who knows maybe he'll surprise everybody and retire this year uh but i don't know what type of contract he's gonna get in the offseason it's probably gonna be like a one-year team-friendly deal and he's probably gonna make less than 10 mil a year maybe something like on the mid-level exception but he's still a really smart offensive player he's a really smart defensive player he's still one of the best passing big men in the nba he still might be top three in that and he's been on a winning team for most of his career so he's coming in at number 18 coming in at number 19 his hassan Whiteside. if you look at vor bpm estimated wins added per he's high up in like every um advanced metric but you want when you watch him play feels like he takes a lot of plays off he's not really anything crazy on the offensive end um like some of these other guys he's just pretty much a, a role big and he's just gonna be around the basket get offensive rebounds get alley-oops stuff like that and i think he's a great shot blocker i think he's good when um smaller players are going at him um like guards and wings are just going at him at the rim but when you get him out on the perimeter he's not good at all i don't think he's a particularly smart player i just think he's a an athletic big he's coming in at number 19 and we really haven't seen him on great teams yeah we saw him in miami but they weren't anything special and once he came into portland they didn't make the playoffs this year but they had other bigger worries or they had bigger worries than him uh coming in at number 20 is daniel tyson maybe he should be higher than hassan whiteside now that i'm thinking about it because he's he knows his role kind of like brooke lopez he's this really smart player um what he does when um he kind of sets screens or like when players are kind of driving to their own he'll kind of step in front the help man so they would have to obviously foul ties to get to the like tatum or brown who's ever going at the basket so he's a really smart player in that um he knows his role he's good at scoring inside i think he's a pretty solid defensive player and he's you know he's not a bad three-point shooter um either so he's coming in at number 20 coming in at number 21 is the vika zubats of the la clippers so he doesn't play a lot he plays around 18 minutes a night and i think he's a lot better than that because if you look at his per 36 numbers they would actually be pretty solid he would average around 16 points four rebounds two bucks a night if he played as much as 36 minutes obviously there's not a lot of big men that do that, but I think he's a lot better than what his 18 minutes show, and he's just on arguably the best team in the NBA, so I think that's pretty good if he's a valuable piece to one of the best teams in the NBA. Coming in at number 22 is somebody that has definitely skyrocketed this year, and that is Rashawn Holmes of the Phoenix, uh, not the Phoenix Suns, though he came from the Suns, the Sacramento Kings. He's looking like that contract was kind of a steal for sacramento he's a high motor guy that plays with a lot of energy he's a good defender when he wants to be and he usually does want to be like i said he is a high motor guy he's like a lot of these other centers he's not a uh, four spacer he's not going to shoot threes but he's good in dhos he's good off the pick and roll he's a good rim runner and he's going to come in at number 22 so two guys here that i think could be compared for most of their careers because they're around the same age and they play in the same state for two different teams so coming in at number 23 is jared allen he's continuing to get better he's going to be probably Probably at the higher end of tier four next year maybe he'll get into tier three who knows but he's just a really good player for the brooklyn nets he's smart he's a great shot blocker like a lot of these guys that i'm going to keep mentioning he's a good rim um, runner he knows his role and i really like his defense a lot and i think he's very athletic on that end and if you couldn't guess it number 24 is mitchell robinson he's a fantastic shot blocker might be top five in the nba at that he's a fantastic he might be the best in the nba at getting alley-oops his range when uh the smaller people pass it to him is just incredible somebody could throw it literally behind him like five feet behind him above the basket and he's still catching it and throwing it down the only knock on him is obviously can't space the floor he's not really a good shot creator when he gets the ball he's mainly just getting it inside and getting it up he did end the season with the highest field goal percentage of all time and he does get into foul trouble he does have to be smarter on that side but 
He's not great on the perimeter. Quicker guards can get past him, but he's a good shot blocker. And I think he could be a serviceable starting center on a good team in the NBA. So that is going to wrap out tier four. I'll go through it once again. So 14, Serge Ibaka. 15, Derek Favors. 16, Jonas Valanciunas. 17, Wendell Carter Jr. 18, Marcus Saul. 19, Hassan Whiteside. 20, Daniel Tice. 21, Ibika Zubats. 22, Rashawn Holmes. 23, Jared Allen. And 24, Mitchell Robinson. So tier five, I have six guys. And I have three honorable mentions as well. So we'll get into that. All right. So let's get into tier five here. First one at 25 is Tristan Thompson. Thompson, maybe he's not as good as we've been seeing him over the last couple of years. Just because, or at least this year and last year, because he has been on bad Cavs teams. And I'm sure he wants to win again because he's an NBA Finals champion. But this year he did start off really good. I thought he could have been maybe somewhere in the most improved player, but he's still a really good rebounder. He's a solid defender, and I really hope I see him on, or we can see him on a good team next year, and he can be playing some valuable minutes again. Uh, number 26 is Dwight Howard. So Dwight Howard probably wasn't anywhere near top 30 going into this year, and he definitely revived his career in LA, which I love to see. I think he's a Hall of Famer. I want to see him get a ring, and just I really wanted to see him, Melo, and CP3 all get rings. Maybe we'll get one of them. It's probably going to be Dwight Howard. I don't see the Trailblazers or the Thunder being good anytime soon. Well, Mel could sign with the Lakers next year. Who knows? But yeah, Dwight coming in at number 26. He's a smart player, knows his role, comes off the bench, and he does things well. He's uh, a really efficient scorer still, and he's not a bad defender. Uh, he's a little bit more stiff now, and obviously he's getting up there in age, but I still think he's the top 30 center in the NBA. Uh, number 27 is DeAndre Jordan. Uh, I think DeAndre Jordan is severely overrated. I don't think he's very good at all. The four-year 40 million was the biggest overpay of last, um, I think, offseason. I guess actually Al Horford was, but he was a big overpay, and obviously they had to get him because um, getting him meant you were getting KD and Kyrie, so that is perfect justified in that uh in that own right but he's not very good anymore he's super slow he's an okay rebounder he's not really a good score anymore i think his defense has dropped off mightily and i don't think he's very good anymore but he's probably not even going to be top 30 next year unless you know what maybe he's solid who knows coming in at number 28 maybe he's too low and that is aaron baines aaron baines started off the season looking like he's an mvp type guy um and it was looking like a steal of a signing and it still was for the suns or if they got to be a trade that might have been it. but he's a good three-point shooter he's a good rebounder he's a good shot blocker he's good off uh, or he's good on defense i'm not gonna say he's the best shot blocker in the world but i think he's an above average defender and i think he's a versatile offensive player and he's only been in the nba for seven years and he's 33 so it's kind of crazy how he got actually better this year and maybe he should be a little bit higher than 28 maybe he should be higher than mitchell robinson honestly yes yeah, so um i i just think like overall going forward i'd probably rather have mitchell robinson um because i'm also taking agent to um effect as well but Maybe you can make a justification for having Aaron Baines higher, and I'm perfectly fine with that. Coming in at number 29 is Thomas Bryant. Thomas Bryant is not really a good defender at all, but I think he's a very talented offensive player. I think he's a very good um, posts player, and I think he's a really good pick-and-roll player, a DHL player. He's coming in at number 29. I think this is where he'll hover around for most of his career, unless he picks up his defense, because it is pretty lackluster right now, so we'll see if that does get better. And coming in at number 30 is Neurons Dewell. Remember when Neurons Dewell turned down a five-year, $70 million extension from the the Dallas Mavericks. I know the Dallas Mavericks are happy to forget that because maybe they wouldn't have Chris Stops um, to this day if they did that. Uh, he's shown that he's a solid backup center. Uh, that's probably as high as he'll be in the NBA. He was a former top 10 pick from the 76ers. He's going to come in at number 30 here, and I think he'll hover around this spot for the rest of his career. So that was tier 5. 25 was Tristan Thompson. 26 was Dwight Howard. 27 was DeAndre Jordan. 28 was Aaron Baines. 29 was Thomas Bryant. And 30 was Nerlens Well. I also kind of... Um, 
yeah, it was really hard. Any of these honorable mentions you can throw in there. So the three were Jakob Pertl of the San Antonio Spurs, Dwight Powell of the Dallas Mavericks, and Ed Davis of the Utah Jazz. And Ed Davis has kind of fallen out of this list. So he was like Pertl and Powell are definitely closer to the tier five than Ed Davis is. Also, I believe in the power forward rankings. I did forget to rank Kyle Kuzma and Davis Rutans. I deeply apologize on that. And if I left out anybody, I do apologize. But I think I got everybody. Just sometimes you forget there's like one player in the NBA and it could mess up your whole rankings. But I think this is pretty good. So that wraps up my top 30 center rankings. I hope you guys did enjoy listening to this. Next one will be really fun because we are going to rank the top 30 players in the NBA. And I know that will stir up some controversy. So I'm ready for that. If you guys are listening on Apple Podcasts and you are enjoying it, a rating or interview means so much to me. If you're on Spotify, a follow means a lot. And then if you're on YouTube, just dropping a like and maybe commenting also means a lot. So yeah, thank you all for listening once again. Next episode, episode uh, 26 of the Just Ballin' Podcast will be my top 30 players in the NBA and how many tiers it ends up being. I haven't made the list yet. So I'll see you guys then. And thank you all for listening and hope you guys have a great day. Peace, y'all.